Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. So uh, I met Stephen uh, years ago through my son, and uh, I remember reading about his bio. I think it was in 2010 um, when he started Hippo, and you were coming from Montana, I think, if I remember correctly, or flying back. Is that when the idea came into your mind? So anyway, uh, he's going to give us all of that, but let's welcome him this morning, a great man of God, loves God, loves family, loves business, loves the church. Would you give him a round of applause for Stephen? All right, this is the hippo man. Um, So uh, I'm going to ask you some questions that Matt already posed to us, and I want you to tell us about you, not about hippo, but about you, your story, your family, your faith, all that kind of stuff, your parents. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, definitely. So I'm a St. Augustine native, as uh, most of you probably know. So, And um, so is my dad. My uh, grandfather immigrated here in the 50s from Italy um, shortly after the war. He met my um, grandma, who was a lot younger than him, and it was like a Georgia farm girl. And uh, they hit it off and both decided to stay in St. Augustine and raise a family. So um, that's that's my dad's side. And... Um, so yeah, so I, I grew up here. I grew up going to um, Community Bible Church. Uh, my, my dad's an elder there. And so um, I was really blessed to have um, two parents growing up that are both believers and to be really trained in the Word of God from a very young age, um, which is really, really great. But as many of you know, too, that means like I was a church kid. And um, church kids, like any kids, learn um, duality at a young age, right? So um, this is how I'm going to be in front of my parents and at church, and this is how I am, like, in my own mind or maybe with my friends and kind of going through the growing pains of being um, being a young man. And so um, uh, I, I always wanted to do something um, creative. I always wanted to work in something where I could um, where I could make, make a difference. And um, uh, so that was something that I wanted to do from a really young age. But... Um, Anyway, from a from a spiritual standpoint, I came up through um, middle school and high school really believing in um, the faith, like really um, thinking that I was um, pleasing God and uh, really faithful at attending church, and you know really didn't experience a, a ton of um, of doubt. And um, it wasn't until I got to college that really a lot of that got challenged. I got out of my comfort zone. Um, this is a story that is uh, that is not un- uncommon, especially for people that grow up in the in the church. But um, uh, one distinctive I would say is when I was when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, I was um, other people were investing in me and pouring into me and were building my community around me. But I wasn't really doing anything for my own faith. I wasn't. I didn't really commit any of my personal time to. Um, uh, just really spending time with God or being in the Word or, or praying, and I just thought maybe that would be something that came later. And um, when I got to college, I'm I'm there trying to live um, this very like moral life that I was like raised to live, and yet it's really clashing with uh, what I desired, which was like basically this like very um, exciting like carnal life that like everyone was living around me at school and um, partying and everything else. And um, I think that. Um, scripture is really clear that when uh, when we are um, when we are like jealous or embittered towards the lives of other people who are specifically ungodly, that really reveals like the idols um, in our own in our own heart. 
And so um, uh, God used a, a, a series of events to basically reveal to me that um, I'm not righteous. And so while I was looking down my noses at all these other um, sinners, uh, I was just committing like just grievous sins in my own heart. And God was really faithful to reveal that to me. And so um, uh, when I was 21, um, uh, God just finally woke me up. And so even though I, I really felt like I was saved and a believer all growing up, it wasn't until um, I, God really allowed me to come to grips with my own depravity, my own sinfulness, that he was able to, um, to use that to break me, to finally bring me to a true like saving and regenerative faith. And so, um, yeah, praise God for that. And that, that was when I was 21, and um, everything was different from that point forward. My, and so all, everything you read in Scripture about new desires and wanting to be with the people of God, wanting to, wanting to know God, um, all of those things came. And so then all of the, the knowledge that had been kind of built up that was really kind of condemning me as, as a young man, now this knowledge was, being, was able to be fruitful. And um, uh, so that was about uh, 11 years ago. And um, God's been really faithful, just to been, been very patient with me to to grow me and to teach me um, in those past eleven years, and and to put other men in my life that could disciple me and um, and train me up in the in the ways of God. So um, that's really my um, spiritual walk. And I will say that uh, running a small business has been a big part of the sanctification process. There, um, <laughs> a lot of um, there's a lot of exposure to uh, different people and circumstances and stress and anxiety, and uh, you know God can um, God has a lot to teach us through all of these all of these things. And so um, that's where I am now. I actually um, I actually live in San Marco in Jacksonville now. Sin- even though St. Augustine's way better, I'm, I would never. But that's 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 where my wife is, and that was that was what made the most sense for our for our family. But um, um, but I work here in St. Augustine. My family's still in here in St. Augustine. Um, I started the Hippo in 2010, and um, several other businesses since then, and um, it's been really great. So, well, that's yeah. I, we would like to hear more about that, but we don't have time. But that's great. I mean, amazing story. Thanks for being so humble and transparent. Now, tell us about Hippo. How that started, uh, and the genesis of that, if you will. Okay, so a lot of times when people start businesses, they're like, "Okay, I've been I've been working on this thing my my whole life, and it's my dream." For me, it was a lot different because um, I uh, was just told this idea about making a popsicle company by a stranger I sat next to on a plane flight. Yeah, so I was working in Montana as a front desk clerk at a hotel, which was an improvement over having been unemployed the previous six months. Um, and so, um, and I was flying back here for a friend's, um, for a friend's wedding and this woman sat next to me and I hadn't quite got my headphones on yet, you know, and I, and she started talking to me. I'm like, oh man. And, um, but she was really friendly and we started talking and I really like people. And so, um, then she asked the question that all, um, as, as you get older, the, the younger the person is, you're like, what are you doing with your life? And now I'm starting to ask people those, those, those questions. And she was like, what are you doing with your life? And I said, well, I, I've got this idea for this like really neat like coffee shop I want to open one day or something. And she was like, you live in Florida. It's hot. You should do popsicles. And you should make them in like the Mexican style with like fresh fruit and stuff. And uh, my first reaction was not like, thank you. You changed my life. It was like, you don't understand the coffee shop that I'm trying to make. And <laughs> that's not going to fit. Like, it's very cool. Um, <laughs> but by the end of the flight, I was, uh, I was captivated by this idea. I thought this will be fun. I've never seen this anywhere. And, um, I'm, 
I assumed I would probably fail at my first business. Most people do. So I thought I'd, I'd rather fail doing something that is really creative, that's really fun and different than to fail doing something that other people have done before. Uh, and that was a big part of my thinking. So uh, kind of the, the failure aspect was built in, but um, when you're building something, you have to take risks and um, you know, failure is part of that and you, and you have to be okay with it. Yeah, that's great. Obviously it takes a lot of courage to start a business uh, and there's risk involved in that too. So tell us about the difference between uh, a good idea and a God idea. It's only one letter that separates the two of them. What's the difference between a good idea? Because there's a lot of good ideas out there. But what, in your mind, what's the difference between a good idea and a God idea? Yeah, that is a really great question. Um, uh, a good idea is um, something that is basically going to just be good according to any like worldly measure, right? So like refinancing your house to a better per, a better mortgage rate or something. I don't know. Like good ideas are 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 built on like um, human human wisdom, and that's. Um, so you've kind of said, I've, I've kind of analyzed as much as I can here, and this looks like it would, it would be profitable. Um, and that's great. Um, to go from that to something that's a God idea or something that's really actionable and, and where you can say with um, a really clear conscience, like, um, this is something that's going to bring honor and glory to God, we'd probably have to look at Romans 12, where we kind of are bringing every idea to the feet of God, and we're taking that idea to scripture and saying, is there anything about this idea that con that contravenes scripture in any way? Is there anything about this idea that um, is going to reduce the my ability to glorify God or to spend time with my God-given responsibilities, namely, you know, family, church, um, working to provide? And then um, it's seeking counsel from people that you trust that are spiritual leaders on that idea. And basically, um, once, once you've done that, if Scripture doesn't um, doesn't like rule out the idea because you know there's nothing in it that's ungodly, and if you have the support of people that you really trust spiritually, um, that it can help you evaluate the risks and the different things, then um, then we have freedom and we have freedom in Christ and we have freedom to to pursue those things and to trust God for um, for how He's going to use those in our in our in our lives. That's amazing. Uh, thank you very much. Now, what about some of the challenges that you've faced? Uh, and how you've gotten over them. I'm sure you faced, what, maybe two challenges since you started the business? I, only, only one, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great question. There's been a lot of, a lot of challenges. Um, the first challenge is myself. Um, I'm, I'm a sinner and saved by grace, and, but uh, I'm a sinner, and that means that I'm going to be flawed at the way that I approach work and other, and other people. Um, that's, that's one challenge. Um, there's been a lot of other challenges. Um, everything from like, uh, having some really tough financial times where I really thought the company was going to go under to, um, to even having, um, uh, people that I, that I trusted earlier on in the company, people that I had hired, um, really violate that trust. And, um, and having to go through this, a sense of, betr of betrayal and things like that. And, um, that was really hard, and that was really trying. And I and I think um, those were some of the most powerful times that God works to grow me was because uh, it was through trial. And so, um, uh, but I mean, I was uh, I was actually listening to First um, Peter this this morning, and it's all about how like if if gold, which is so beautiful, is is refined through fire, our faith, which is so much more valuable than gold, um, it will be tested through through trial and God will use that to to grow us and to refine us. And through my hardest moments, the times where I felt like I was at a breaking point, God used that to 
uh, to drive me back to him and to find passages like in Philippians where we're, we're told, be anxious over nothing. Lay all of your anxieties on, on God because to be anxious means um, to be worried about what you're going to do in your own power. And that's really taking away the focus from the fact that God's the one that's working in our lives. And so um, so there have been a lot of challenges um, and there will continue to be challenges, but God has been really faithful to use those to like grow me. That's great. I'm going to go off script a little bit, okay? Yeah, Is that all right? So I know that all of your employees are Christians. All of your vendors are Christians. Everybody that you deal with are all lovers of God. They live love the Bible and everything. How do you as a boss, right, as an entrepreneur, as an employer, deal with, uh, do this quickly, but uh, vendors or, or employees, not necessarily all your employees, but some employees that are just like, they don't value what you value. How do you, how do you, um, how do you navigate those waters? Yeah, so it's a little different with vendors as opposed to employees. With with vendors, we're seeking to, I mean, all we can really control is what we do. So all I can control is what I do. And as I work with our, our managers and other people, we um, we just try to work off of biblical principles of uh, being ethical and being and being honest. So if we if we owe someone money, we're paying it and we're going out of our way. Um, Vendors, um, yeah, so we're just trying to be as faithful as we can with them. We've definitely had vendors come back the other way. And so we, um, we're never um, emotional in our response. We're, uh, we never you know, berate people or harangue people on the phone or anything if they're not paying their bills. Um, you know, we're just, um, so we, we really try to extend kindness and, and grace and everything. We really try to not be hard-edged. And that's because um, you know, we, we need that grace ourselves. Yeah. And um, with and with employees that, that don't share values, um, uh, that's just like a teaching moment. And I've had plenty of those where people um, have come into my office, and what was um, a little bit of a friction in uh, at, at at work is, turns into a, like a mini counseling session. And so, and that's great. It's a great opportunity for 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 me to like pour into our to our people, and um, and hope hopefully I'm being faithful to that. And so, yeah. That's good. Uh, last question, uh, what advice do you have to give to all of us? I'm sure you've got something. You're like a sage. <laughs> you're, you're a legend in this city. And, uh, but no, give us some advice uh, in terms of like creativity or whatever just comes to your, to your heart and mind right now. Yeah, uh, as, as I was prepping to come here this morning, one of the things that I was meditating on was um, kind of like the purpose for work. Um, like why we work and what we're seeking to to achieve, and this is something that I think about often as like a grounding thing because it's so easy to get caught up in what you're doing and trying to achieve and building. Because yeah, we do. We're we're called to work hard. We're called to work excellently, to work as unto the Lord, um, and to be um, excellent and faithful in like everything we're doing. But what's the point of it? And um, I'm really drawn back so often to. Um, um, it's, it's, it's really neat that you, the verse you mentioned was about building the temple because I was recently reading about when, um, like David is making the announcement to the people of like, Hey, this is all the, all the, all the goods that we've collected. And he's basically setting the stage for Solomon, his son to build the temple. And he says, even though they've collected like the, the most like gems and like gold and like all of these amazing resources, and they're actually going to finally build the temple that they've always wanted to build, um, for God. Um, he says, God, we, we can't give you anything and we're really only building this as an, as an expression, but not, but we, but we can't give you anything. And so when I think about work and showing up to work, it's a lot less about the results that we're getting or how much money or how much success or 
how many popsicle shops that we can open. And it's really a lot more about how faithful are we being. And when we go home each day, how excellently have we worked and how much of that work was done unto the Lord as opposed to how much of it were we doing unto ourselves. Because if we're building our own kingdom, that kingdom's going to fall. We're all going to die. But if we're working towards the kingdom of God, that kingdom's eternal. And so investing in, in people and being aware of that, being aware that um, all of our work will ultimately fade and be, and be vanity uh, in terms of like all the earthly work, but knowing that all the work that we do um, for the Lord, um, that's eternal. And God, God receives glory for that. And how cool is it that we can actually um, do things and honor and um, and 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 think in such a way that actually brings honor and glory to God. Um, and for as small as we are, it's amazing that God has opened this this channel for us. That's, that's good. I really appreciate. It. Isn't this just amazing? Uh, let's give him a round of applause and just say thank you very much. Um, I want to pray for you in just a second. But I was talking to Stacy earlier. In the Hebrew language, uh, there is no word for retirement. So, sorry, Rich, you're never going to retire, okay? Um, but also, coming out of that Hebrew culture is a mindset that whatever we do, we want to prosper. Uh, and we want to we help each other to do that. And so, you've helped us today. We really appreciate it. So, let's just it's pray for him. Uh, Father, we thank you for Stephen and for his family and for the creativity and the ideas and the entrepreneurship and the courage, and but most of all, uh, the heart of who he is and how he shared that with us this morning. God, we ask that you would just continue to pour into him as a man, that you would continue, continue to enlarge him as a man, that uh, you would just uh, cause him to bring honor and glory to you. Father, we pray for him as, um, as just uh, your son, that, Father, he would become uh, all that he is meant to become and that you would continue to prosper him. Father, in every step, uh, every place that he goes uh, would be land that you have given to him, uh, that you would cause him to think and to lift up his eyes and to look unto the hills. That's where his help comes from. His help comes from you, O Lord. So, Father, bless him in such a capacity that people will come to know Jesus Christ, that there will be prosperity physically, emotionally, financially, every which way, uh, that that blessing as it settles upon him will be extended to others as well. So, Father, may you fulfill the desires of his heart as he seeks to follow you. And uh, we just want to thank you for this time and for the time that he's invested in us. We pray that you would multiply those seeds that he has sown into our lives back to him in such a way. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.